In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Talk about the VOD and the silver screen. Kevin and Tom and Joe know all there is to know. From masterpieces to deep fried tacos. And if the movie sucks, you might hear them say, There's no telling where the guys will take you. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice, cause we're already. Broadcasting from the lush but not lavish studios located in the basement of the O'Keefe Institute for Advanced Film Snarkitude. This is Real Spoilers, episode 772. Wonka. Okay. Ellipses, 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 ellipses. There's not really much you can get out of Wonka to mess it up. Although I will say I can't keep track of what they're called anymore. Oh, yeah. Like, which is... Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory, which is Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Right. Now it's just Wonka. The original was Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory because they wanted to shorten it so people could say, did you see Willy Wonka instead of did you see Charlie? And then Tim Burton changed it back to Charlie in the Chocolate Factory that's what the to, book was to called, match right? the Roald Dahl yeah. book. Yeah. And then the and next this book. is just called Wonka. And the tagline, do you know the tagline to this movie? Uh, Taste the Rainbow. <laughs> Find out how Willie became dot 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 Wonka. Wonka. Ah, <laughs> which is such a cheesy <laughs> tagline. It is pretty cheesy. Find out how Willie became Wonka. Yeah, <laughs> his name's Willie Wonka. That's right. He's already yeah, like. He's, I mean, I see what they're trying to do, but but yeah, like he was like he didn't become Wonka. He was born Wonka. His name's Willie Wonka. Yeah. His mom gives him a piece of chocolate with the name Wonka on it. That's yeah. his name. Yeah. So I just, I get it how everyone calls him Wonka. Wonka. So it's like, okay, how he became Wonka. But I don't know. It's just kind of cheesy. But yeah. What else are you going to do with a Willy Wonka prequel? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's also, it's like, it's not like there's a lot of, I feel like, deep mythology around this, right? right. Like, it, there's, like, it. I feel like. Well, and to, and to be clear, this is a completely original 
prequel. Yeah. Like, this is not adapted from the book. There is not a prequel book. There is not, a, I mean, this is an original screenplay. Now, I don't know if you can technically call it original, like, but. In terms of, like, it's not award adapted. nominations. Yeah, it's yeah. not adapted from anything, though. So they completely created right. Willie's origin. The only origin you get is, I think, him going to Loompa Land, right. which I think was, like, just going to Africa in the original book. I think he went and found, they weren't, like, the Oompa Loompas were, like, pygmies. Right. And so they changed read, that in the movie to make it Loompa Land. Yeah, I read the book when I was a kid, but it's been yeah. so long. Roald Dahl has some problematic yeah. things in all his books. They got, you know, well, we'll get into it. But the, he he has a history of a lot of his stuff was, I mean, would be considered insensitive by today. If you go back in time and look at anything, <laughs> yeah. you're going to find things that with the present eye, sure. you know, like, I, I'm, like I'm a big believer and you kind of have to view things through a historical context. I also acknowledge it's easy for me as a white guy to feel that right. way. But um but like But it's a lot of Roald Dahl's stuff. Yeah. Like it's not just oh in this one book. You know how in Dr. Seuss he's got so many books and they're like, Oh, this book has this picture which is no good. This book has this line which is, you know, we gotta clean that up. But like right. Roald Dahl, it's like I want to say almost every book or every other book you go to, it's like, that's problematic. That's problematic. Like, <laughs> his company went through and cleaned it up, and we can get more into that. But they went through, and when the company changed hands, yeah, they went through and came out with the new Roald Dahl books. And then that created a whole book banning thing. And, right. And, you know, you know how it is. For sure. Unfortunately. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so before we dig in, uh, let's go around the table. We can introduce ourselves. Kevin. Tom, no Joe. He's boycotting because it's a musical. You know how he is. Yeah. So uh, and the Roald Dahl book thing. He just yes. still hasn't gotten over that. He's woke AF. And, uh, <laughs> and so also some, let's knock out shameless plugs. Don't forget we're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you find a podcast. You can find us while you're there. Be sure and follow us so you never miss an episode. Maybe leave us a review. That's super helpful and greatly appreciated. You can. Yeah, it's just nice. It's just nice. It's, it's Christmas yeah. time. Have you left us a review yet? Go. You're going to be visited by the two Muppet Marleys yes. if you don't leave reviews. So. Yes, you get visited by... That's always the fun trivia question. How many ghosts visited uh, Ebenezer Scrooge? Yeah. Everybody always wants to say three, but it's four, unless they're Muppets, in which case it's five. <laughs> that's always, true. The they, first one... They always forget Marley. They're yeah. like, past, present, future. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, first off, mm-hmm. it's not future. It's Christmas yet to come. Ah, Right, but uh, but yeah. Can we just review Muppet Christmas Carol? Uh, I I mean I I know that this is a point of contention for a lot of people that like to argue about their favorites, but to me, Muppet Christmas Carol is the best version of that story. I mean, it's it's really good. I, I'm not going to dog on Muppet Christmas Carol, and it's surprisingly authentic. Yeah, like and Michael Caine played it straight. Yeah, which is the best part that yeah. makes that movie. I mean, the movie's great, the songs are great, and the the Muppets, of course, all that. But the fact that Michael Caine played that part so, so straight. My complaint about the Muppet movie oh boy. has always been that you don't get enough of the traditional Muppets. Yeah. Like, you don't, like, so I get, like, so adapting A Christmas Carol, this has always been the problem when when existing IPs try to adapt and yeah. they, they want to, graft on all the characters like Mickey's Christmas Carol right. and all that. Well, yeah. So you're like, well Mickey should be the star, but you can't make Mickey the no. star. Because, the star is always Bob Cratchit. Because because Mickey can't be Scrooge, right. right? Now there's an obvious answer with Disney, it's Scrooge McDuck, 
right? Yeah. Like it's right there in the right. name. It's not really difficult. But like with Muppets, it's like you can't make Kermit Scrooge, right? Right? Like that's that's not going to so work. Mickey's Mickey's Bob Cratchit, right? Kermit's Bob Cratchit. They always make it Bob Cratchit, right? Because he's it, sympathetic, he's right? Guy. Yeah. But but because of that, you don't get a lot of your of your main character. And then like with Muppets, like they, I would have thought they would have assigned the ghosts, um other existing Muppets in the same way Waldorf and Statler are are the Marley, Marley. brothers or Marley and Marley yeah <laughs> I would have thought that you would have seen some other Muppets yeah. pop up to play the the yeah. ghosts of Christmas past present and yet to come yeah and and you didn't so because of that you don't get as much I guess in Mickey's you know they get the big giant as one of the ghosts they right. don't really they don't really do they don't really do that in the Mickey ones either. I don't know why they don't adapt yeah. the character. I guess they just don't want, you know what, seeing them as dead, I guess. Because like with Statler and Waldorf, yeah. that isn't exactly but, heartbreaking for children. Yeah. But but I guess seeing Ghost Kermit, Ghost Fozzie, like that yeah. might. But I never really interpreted those ghosts as being dead, right? Like those ghosts. Go- ghosts as well, being I dead? Well, I mean, yeah, like <laughs> like Marley's obviously dead. Mm-hmm. But Ghost of, of Christmas Past, that's not a human being. Like that's that's oh, like otherworldly. That's an goes. abstract concept, saying, right? Yeah. So it's be that's being embodied by a by okay. a ghost per se. But it's not like Marley is a actual human being who's dead and being punished for his misdeeds, yeah. right? Right. But we're like the ghost of Christmas past. That's not a person, right? Right. That's like so. You know what? Maybe the kids didn't get that. Yeah. But so because of that, you get a lot less of the Muppets you love. Yeah. Right. I I don't like. I mean, I love the Muppets and everything, but I don't know. That never bothered me. The songs are so good. The sets are so good. Yeah. You know, you get Gonzo throughout him and Rizzo, and I don't know. I just that movie to me is like a must watch. It's I just love that version. Of I think it. when it came out to like, well, first off, it's the first Muppet feature. Mm-hmm. Uh, post the death of Jim Henson, mm. right? directed by Brian Henson, yeah, and um, who did a great job. I yeah. think that was his first one that he directed. But I think I feel like Rizzo was fairly new, or yeah. maybe that was even his first. So it, it also at the time felt like, who's this other guy hanging out mm. with with Gonzo? Like you're still like, give me a Muppet I know. Yeah. Where like now you know Rizzo, so yeah. it doesn't feel as much like a like who's this guy, right? You I know? gotcha. But anyway. Uh, my favorite version is the George C. Scott mm. made-for-TV Hallmark presentation. Classic. Yes. Although it was released theatrically in, in Europe. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah. yeah, that was one where I thought if we were going to do a Christmas special, I we've never talked about the George C. Scott one, I don't think. No, we've never reviewed not. that, so yeah. I thought, well, maybe that would be one. But Yeah. yeah. So anyway, uh, uh, League of Show Shares. <laughs> so here's your people who were kind enough to share an episode last week. They include Tammy Lynn Powers, Betts, Richard Crotcher, Lane Levanway, Ralph Tribble, Chris Magic Man, Travis T. Witt, Gabriel Lugo, Chris Sanders, Chris Falls, Dustin Ayers, uh, Taylor Ward, Heather Sachs, Brent Smith, Feelin' Film, David Rojas, Geek to Me Radio, In Session Film, Mike Mike and Oscar, Colby Mack, Nostalgia Cast, Ronnie Castle, Binge Movies, The Film B, Matt Naglia, and Ryan Terry. So thank you very much for sharing an episode. We greatly appreciate it. Don't forget, we're also available on Patreon at patreon.com slash real spoilers, where for five bucks a month, you get all sorts of bonus content, and you help us out, and we like you extra. So um, there's all that. Oh, yeah, you can also watch us on YouTube at youtube.com slash at ambersand squiggly in yay. (laughs) 
real Tilda, spoilers. Tilda. Yeah. <laughs> Man, uh, get those numbers up. I think we only had 45 views on the last episode. So, so not to knock it, but I mean, come on, we got to get more than 45. I, I at least like when they break the 100 mark. Yeah. When I you, see 40, I go, oh, man, it's a lot of work putting these videos together. Should I say something to piss off a fan base like I, we did for Elvis? I think maybe they didn't get the, the memo that you make fun of Elvis every episode. Roll Dahl is a pedophile. There we go. <laughs> that seems to be. That should do it. That's the, <laughs> that, that should do it. seems to do it. Yeah. So uh, anyway, there's all that. Let's uh, Let's dig in, shall we? We shall. So do you know much about the history of the original Willy Wonka in the Chocolate Factory film? Like the I mean, inception a, of it. A little bit. I know that they, you know, they looked at people. Originally, they wanted like Fred Astaire to play Wonka, um, and I know that Roald Dahl, still alive at the time, wanted some British comedian named Spike Milligan <laughs> to play it because because I think he was upset that uh, he felt it was kind of Americanized, mm. especially giving it over to Gene Wilder. Yeah, yeah. So they originally developed i mean they wanted to develop the film but they didn't have the funds to do it and so quaker oats comes along and says we're gonna make a chocolate bar and so they thought well what better than to tie it in with wonka make a wonka bar and fund our film the chocolate bar never came out (laughs) 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 they funded this movie and all the chocolate bars got recalled or or there's like the history goes two different ways people say that it, it came out and it the, it didn't taste very good and it got recalled and then other people say the formula they couldn't get right and they never released it but either way the reason why we got that amazing classic willy wonka and the chocolate factory with gene wilder is because quaker oats wanted to advertise their chocolate bar i think a thing to remember though is that like we think of it as a classic now i don't feel like people felt like that at the time. Like, I, I mean, I don't even know if it was a hit, but like, I don't, I, I like, I don't remember it having this, I don't know, this huge love that has developed over the years. Like when I, but when I grew up, it was, okay. When I was a kid. So I'm obviously my childhood is closer to the existence of that movie. Than, than yours. It was just a movie that played, on the weekends like it mm. wasn't like a special event like when wizard of oz was on tv yeah. like that was an event right um, wizard of oz is one reason that the movie became a musical because originally mel stewart didn't want the film to be a musical so mel stewart the director of willy wonka and the chocolate factory was a director of documentaries and he wanted it to feel more grounded right and they convinced him to make it a musical and and i think the songs are what really makes that movie special and he agreed and was happy they did it but it wasn't going to be a musical at all yeah in the beginning and so like he, just according to wikipedia its budget was three million dollars and it made four million dollars yeah so this was not some juggernaut of a film and quaker oats never even sold never even got their candy yeah, yeah, so it's like they threw that money. I mean, and I went back and read some reviews of when it came out, like yeah. contemporary, contemporaneous reviews. And there were multiple reviews where they were like, these songs are instantly forgettable. Oh, my God. So, like, it, it's just it's just fascinating because I see that, like, people are kind of getting their kicks on being on Wonka right now. There's an element of that out there. Is there? I thought it got pretty good reviews. I, it got, it? It, so it's interesting. I've noticed, like, it seems like it's doing pretty well with critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Okay. But, like, on social media, I just see a lot of, like, 
uh, why why does this movie exist? Who cares? But you like, know why though? It's those are the movies that aren't those are the people that aren't even going to see it. That's yeah. the problem. That's the problem with the internet. I mean, <laughs> there's many problems with the yeah. internet, but you get so many people who criticize films that will never see the movie. They'll and take clips out of context. Yeah, and have no intention of seeing. Yeah, the movie. it's not like like. They fit. it's like they were never going to never. see this movie, even if it was great. They they go, oh, what a dumb idea! This isn't for me. This movie's terrible. And it's like, well, first of all, not every movie is targeted to every person, right? Which kind of gets me into what I thought of this film. I thought this was a really fun kids movie. I thought this movie was positively delightful. It, it, I like. I went into this movie. I was having a very bad day. And uh, um, and was like, and I hate seeing movies when I'm in that mindset because I, I feel like it's not fair to the movie. Yeah, and like I was positively enamored with this film. Like I did not expect to walk out of this movie having liked it as much as I did. Like when people are like are like hating on this movie, I'm kind of like. You have no joy in your heart. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, there, yeah. There's nothing. I don't think there's really much to hate about this movie, except again, if people are never going to give it a chance, and they're just, yeah, they go into it saying, "I'm not going to like this movie." Like, positively, will not like right. this movie um, because it is. It's just, but it's a joyful. But, but I also feel like it's a kids movie. It's not absolutely meant for adults. It's right. not. It's not the four quadrant hit. It's not the oh, yeah. well, adults are going to joke at all these jokes that go over the kids' heads. I mean, no. Right. I mean, it's a I, mean I think there's a little bit of that with uh hugh grant is the oompa loompa yeah. um i mean there's stuff in there a but l- by and but- large i i agree like it's a very i think one of the things i really liked about the movie is that it was it was very earnest it yeah. was like it was just trying to be this really good fun fantastical kids movie exactly and i feel like it did it, that. It, it excels on every point now i thought the songs were great the songs are good i i yeah. really like the songs i did not expect to like the i i was just like you're not like is there something as good as pure imagination or Candyman? no no that's why they redid it <laughs> but there's stuff that's really close yeah. i also like the the fact of like i felt like with them doing pure imagination at the end which made sense mm-hmm. i didn't feel like the new songs felt beholden or or right. out of place yeah side by side with right. pure imagination like remember the 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 new lin-manuel miranda song and little mermaid that, oh yeah like and i didn't even like people like love to hate that song and i didn't even hate the song but like it does not fit in the movie the rest of the movie yeah. i mean yeah it's lin-manuel miranda it's he makes catchy stuff i mean right i mean i can't remember there's a lot of stuff that i can't remember about that movie but but the scuttlebutt song, like I could, I can hear that in my head right now. Right, he writes catchy songs for sure. But yeah, in the movie, that scene, it just it took feels you out so of, out of place because, yeah. like, I was really looking forward to Lin Manuel Miranda trying to like recreate the sound, like a Little Mermaid song of Little Mermaid, and but when, they used a Lin Manuel Miranda song, right? Yeah, but then they just basically what sounded like a a cut song from another movie <laughs> right. and shoehorned it in there. I liked it when Hamilton came out and said, what's the scuttlebutt? I really, you know, <laughs> him and Burr were supposed to do that back and forth. And it just, it's yeah. a shame they didn't keep that in the show. But so I, it is, it's a, it's a delightful kids movie. Uh, the, the scenic design, you know, all the magical whimsical stuff is really good. And it's really fun and entertaining. Now, I 
I really appreciate the original film and how grounded it is. I like what Mel Stewart did with that film because, yeah. again, he wasn't even trying to make a musical. And when I think back on it, and we may have had this discussion before, but for some reason, I never think of Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory as a musical. And I mm-hmm. could never quite wrap my head around it. And I figured it out. It's because people don't randomly bust into choreographed numbers. Yeah. The only characters that sing are just basically like singing exposition or singing, you know, what they're feeling. But the other characters don't then go in a big choreographed scene and then go right. back to normal afterwards. Yeah. It's always just one character singing about, or the Oompa Loompas is probably the only one, but then that fits with the characters. You think that's what Oompa Loompas do. They all do their right. song. And, like, yeah. But it's not like the kids then go and do a choreographed thing while the Oompa Loompas, it's just They like, don't just suddenly know dance moves. Exactly. Yeah. And so that movie, even though it has songs, like the first time I heard someone mention Willy Wonka being a musical, I'm like, a musical? Because I think of musicals singing in the rain right rogers and hammerstein you know i just think of like oh but it's because they all the characters bust out and do dance sequences and then willy wonka they don't so i like the grounded feel i like how it's not your typical musical now this movie goes to the straight musical right is what i think of as a traditional opening line of the movie yeah like he's singing yeah yeah now i really like timothy chalamet and I struggled a little bit with him being Willy Wonka, and I don't know. I mean, part of it, of course, is because Gene Wilder. Like, right. I mean, not even Johnny Depp can touch Gene Wilder. Like, yeah. you know, you can have good actors in the role, but he's so iconic. But also, I think Timothy Chalamet is talented. I think he's charismatic, and I liked him in this role. But there was something he felt out of place to me. Something about him in the time period, and I just, I don't know. And maybe it's because I think Wonka should be like maybe an older character and there's just something but like, about him but where, that's not the story they're telling yeah so here's what i think is going yeah. on because this is my my quibble with the film okay because um, i can't quite figure it out i sure. like him and i yeah. like the movie but sometimes i would see him as wonka and just not buy timothy chalamet where i bought gene wilder and i even bought johnny depp as being this right. weird eccentric wonka. i didn't i i i liked the tim burton I liked one the tim like burton. i know like people again like to go back and be like oh it's too much but like mm. I, I mean, I don't know that I've seen it since it came out, but I remember enjoying it and liking that take Tim on Tim Burton it. one rules, and yeah. the, the CGI is very out of its time. Deep Roy is all the Oompa Loompas. Yeah. The CGI is so good, and that movie's from, what, like 2005? Something like you that, You wouldn't yeah. believe. Go back and watch it, and the CGI looks better than the modern stuff. It is yeah. so seamless, the way they integrate him around. I'm yeah. Just, but no, I like that movie a lot. So here's my theory. One, <laughs> I don't think Timothy Chalamet is a str- is that strong of a singer he's, yeah that he's, might be part he's of not it. he's not awful no. but like it seems odd that i get they just wanted timothy chalamet yeah and they they could get him close enough yeah right um i really felt like who would have been good at it is uh evan hansen ben, ben platt, platt. Yeah. yeah i feel like he could have been a really really good yeah in, in in this but the problem i have with the movie and again overall i thought it was delightful and i liked it yeah is that there's no menace in the movie, right? Like, like Wonka mm. is a loose cannon, and you never know what he's going to do. I yeah. mean, in, in, in the original film, in Gene Wilder's version, like, he's practically killing children <laughs> in front of you. And it's like, and it gets away with it because, like, those kids are so awful. Right. Like, you kind of don't care. Right. But, but like, 
he's a loose cannon. Like, I mean, at one point, like you, you think he's going to turn on Charlie too? Because mm. remember, they sneak off and they they yeah, the fizzy lifting. The, thing. Yeah, they yeah. do the they get lifted up into the, the 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 fan almost kills him. And yeah, and you you know you there's a moment there where he's about to turn on him too before he pivots. Right, mm-hmm. like Wonka is fun and fantastical, but he's also dangerous and can turn on a dime. Yeah, and. And Chalamet has none of that. Yeah. And it's not in the script. Like, it's not even like he's not doing it. It's not there for him to do. And so the Willy Wonka in in the Chocolate Factory original film is is an older character who has become jaded jaded, because the world has kind of turned its back on the importance of chocolate. Right. And uh Oh, well, and he can't trust people. They're trying right. to steal his recipes. You know, he's brought all this magic and joy to the world, and he realizes that people are just greedy and gluttons, and then, yeah, he can't trust his people. So it, what he's doing, he's a different Wonka, and I totally get it. If you're doing right. an origin story... He's you, not going to be that no, yet. No, and you realize to open a factory and do all this, you have to be fun and silly and magical, and so I don't... I don't mind that that's not in the script at all, but it but, makes it feel like it's missing something. Yeah, that could I be think, it. because because he's so pure. This and, Wonka is so. Yes. This Wonka is an angel. He is a babe in the he, woods. He is. Yeah. I mean, you know, and and you know, many people may think Timothy Chalamet is an angel, you know, but he just yes, he's so pure and but so, so kind. So now and naive. But now the problem becomes if this is a hit and they want to make more of them, how do you get him to the jaded the, part? Yeah, like it's like. <laughs> Charlie and the Chocolate Factory works because you see a jaded guy who kind of comes out of being jaded, right? This works because he's not jaded, and he's. But if 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 our point is to get from here to there, well, then that means at some point the next movie or movies needs to be the things that happen to him that make him jaded, which are going to be a lot less fun and fantastical. Yeah. So unless they just totally like skip avoid over it. that because <laughs> you know the the original book and movie is a morality play. Right. You know, it's just to teach kids to to listen to your parents and be good. That's essentially, you know, don't watch too much TV. Right. Don't be rude. Don't talk back. Don't, don't, don't be selfish. Exactly. Yeah. It, so the you know, if they never teach that lesson or they never feel like they need to even get there, I guess they don't have to actually tell Charlie and the Chocolate Factory this this is completely original mm-hmm. and Wonka could just go on fun adventures and have his factory and different part you know what I mean? They they may just never get to that, honestly. Yeah. And and Right. Well, I mean, I guess Tim Burton touched it. I was saying, like, maybe don't try or maybe they learn from that and say, don't try to touch Charlie in the Chocolate Factory. Just do your own Wonka verse. Right. Well, I think it was smart to not remake Charlie in the Chocolate Factory again. again, Right. Like, it hasn't been that long. And and um, but it's it's interesting in that the original film is kind of a Rorschach test Mm -hmm. in in that, um, you know, some people see it and they see the lightness, Mm -hmm. which is what we get here. And some people watch it and see the weirdness, which is what Tim Burton obviously yeah. <laughs> responded to in a movie like that. That's why you and, get Tim Burton. <laughs> and also keep in mind, like, f- for all the weirdness in the original Charlie and the Chocolate, or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, there there weren't a lot of other movies out there like that for people who wanted that sort of humor. Yeah. Right? Like, today... There are lots of weird little dark movies, even for kids, if, for sure. if you want to go down that rapid hole. Oh, yeah. Kids' movies have gotten really weird over yeah. the years. But, yeah. but back then, like this was pretty much it. 
you know and and i think that's why the movie developed such a strong and passionate fan base there wasn't a lot else like that out there and so people really really clung to that that film yeah because of that because and i think also because it was only a moderate success upon release and it didn't wasn't an event when it was on tv so when like i know growing up like I just kind of stumbled on Charlie and the Chocolate or Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, right? Like it's just, you know, it's a Saturday afternoon. Like if it's either sports or a, yeah, you basically right. had the three networks and two local channels in St. Louis, and so the three major networks on a on a Saturday were showing some kind of a sport. Yep, I'm out. out yeah. I'm out. None of that. Nope. And then you had the two independent channels that were showing movies, and one of them was probably a war movie. Or a western didn't care, yeah. And so, oh, what's this? A uh, uh, um, this weird kids movie musical? Okay, yeah. better than a war movie, yeah. And then you get sucked in because you're like, well, this is not what I anticipated, yeah. right? Like I, and so, I think a lot of kids probably stumbled upon this movie and were just like. How does this exist? And so it's that's, so weird. <laughs> and that's and that's interesting because it, it it's actually fascinating to see that that movie was not a big hit at the time. But what it sounds like is kids around that time after it came out found it and then they fell in love with it and then they showed their kids. And that's right. how you get a whole generation like my generation where, I mean, that is an absolute stone cold classic now, of a movie. Yeah, now you know? it I is mean, that for is, sure. And so it's just interesting that at the time it wasn't. But it isn't like it isn't a deep fried taco. And it's no. Not a cult classic. Oh, cult, yeah. It's not. I, it's it's a mainstream I, hit. I think it's a cult classic that that outgrew its cult status. Yeah. You know, right, I, I mean, yeah. I think I think there was a time when it would have definitely been classified as a cult classic. But like cult classics don't get WB collectors box sets. You know, like right. there are so many collectors sets and things because it has elevated to one of the great films like one of the historically yeah. great films and so and not saying that never happens obviously films get misunderstood and discovered later but this has again become a a great film right yeah. like it's not just like oh yeah that was actually really good it's like no we now this is like a tcm film you know for sure and so it's just interesting to see that so to me i really enjoyed this movie I, my friend john and i went to see it and uh, he's not even a musical person but he was like oh that's pretty good so um even for someone that doesn't like musicals he enjoyed it and we both had a good time at it but the thing i noticed was at least to me the original willy wonka movie that i love and is beloved by all these days is very grounded and seems more adult like not adult xxx but right. you know what i mean but grown like up. when yeah growing up like when you see you know the movie starts off and there's news reports and it just it just seems like it takes place more in the real world and adults have a lot of things to keep their interest and in all that where this movie it seems to be pure kids movie fantasy and enjoyment which is fine too but i appreciate yeah, i cannot figure out what year this movie is supposed to take place yeah. or decade right. i can't really figure out what country i assume <laughs> the united kingdom just yeah. because of who wrote it but like i can't fit yeah like it's like it's just in its it, own right world. it's just like yeah. it's just total uh, you know which goes kind of with the pure imagination stuff but you can't really pinpoint it where willy wonka and the chocolate factory seems to take place in the real world with real people real things going on they set the place set the time it, it all is just there and so i find it's more like the world is real 
the chocolate factory is not. Yeah, you go where, to the factory, and then you're in this magical world where Willy Wonka's world, at least everything he's involved in, is very... I think <laughs> like, I think it's still trying to do that, because if you think about it, like the boarding house where yeah. he stays and scrub scrub, like like that's very much like... It's it it to me it feels very Dickensian, yeah, right. Like it's but I think when they get to the what is it the grand what do they call it the grand gourmet or the like where all the chocolate shops are. Oh, I don't remember. Chocolate Shop Square. I don't know. Yeah, Galleries Gourmet. Galleries Gourmet. When they get to the Galleries Gourmet, but like so much of the movie seems to take place in that one block area. Right, yeah. like that. Just that's what yeah. it, it. It's all like kind of just right there, yeah. And where those three shops meet, and yeah. and so, um, when you get there, it feels it. Then it feels like another world, and then of it feels course, like when you're he, at uh, Diagon Alley at Hogwarts in uh, Universal or something. You know, it yeah. has a very. It feels like they could make a Universal Park and have it be. I was like li- <laughs> literally just in London two weeks yeah. ago, right? Like, and it and we spent a lot of time in a place called Covent Gardens, and like I really want Covent Gardens. No, okay, good. So no. get- <laughs> but and I I really wanted to go look because some of the exteriors it looked like Covent Gardens, and okay. so I you know so I don't know if it was filmed there or if they were trying to replicate that because I mean obviously it, most of that is a set, yeah. but it seemed there was this big giant area where they would have street performers mm-hmm. and uh, like the, it, clearly they were authorized street performers because yeah. one would do something and then there'd be a 10 minute break and another mm-hmm. one would come out and but where he was kind of speaking to everybody looked very reminiscent of that area and yeah. my other theory is there's lots of areas like that in the United Kingdom and that was just the one I yeah. saw that could very well be yeah. the case but um, and I think they did a really good job of recreating Diagon Alley and all that you know in Hogsmeade they in, in Universal right yeah. they did a really good job of recreating London and the shops and everything but it just reminded me like because it was on a set which kudos to them the practical sets look great they yeah. built a lot of big practical sets yeah. and they looked excellent but yeah when he was on that clear soundstage and set which looked very good it just reminded me of showing up to Harry Potter land at Universal right. and being in that you know very realistic authentic looking area but like you know you're in this little fake town and yeah yeah it was funny because we when we were in london we did the harry potter tour yeah oh cool and it was interesting seeing the sets up close because did you see the same like things they recreated for universal like yeah those sets the town and stuff yeah like you walk through the street yeah you you see all that you see the train you see yeah how did it look i mean it looked great yeah i mean and it and it looked like it really gave me appreciation for what universal studios did because like it the set they built looked like what you see wow. i mean even up close so they really recreated it to look like the movie set like they did like, yeah, yeah. Wow. it's if you're if you're ever in the uk it oh, is yeah. totally it's like it's not like a 10 minute thing it's like yeah. a two and a half hour walking tour yeah and it's really cool that sounds awesome yeah so the plot of this movie i mean we find, you know, we got to find out how Willie became Wonka. That's well, pretty much sure. the, yeah. I mean, as <laughs> as as one does. So, young young Willie is uh, he's been on a boat. I don't, I don't really know what he was doing. Did they? I mean, I don't know. I I thought well, he went on all these world adventures. He's probably just having come. Oh, back he's just from, hitching a ride from yeah, like coming back from Loompa Land or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay. So so he's he's just getting off a boat and he he lands in town whatever this uk town is uh that we think and uh he is he has his eyes set on opening his own chocolate store so that's where we get to the 
the galleries Ga- gourmet. Galleries gourmet. So this must be the you know the part of this London where the, all the chocolate. If you make chocolate, this is Broadway. This is the place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so there's the three big ones. There's Slugworth and Friends. I don't know what the other. Yeah. <laughs> whoever you know, we've all heard of Slugworth. You know, which is just like a small part of the original movie. So it's Slugworth and two other chocolatiers, but they are the big ones. And uh, what we come to find out later, which, you know, is not discovered till later in the film, but they have a whole. Do they call them the mafia or something like they cartel? Have, the cartel they have, yeah. All, <laughs> which a chocolate is, cartel, which is pretty funny. That they're controlling the supply of chocolate. Yeah. They have all this extra well, chocolate. I don't think it's that crazy. And so much is that we have written laws to break up cartels and monopolies mm. over the years. Although they've reassembled under different names and guises, but but like but because of that. We're really used now to hearing the word cartel only associated with drugs. Right. And, but like, that's not, the, it was a pre existing word mm. that was applied to drug okay. cartels. So it wasn't always illegal. A cartel well, was. Well, I mean, cartels, I mean, were, were basically like collusion between companies to keep out competitors. Okay. Right. And, and. But, but the products weren't always illegal. Yeah, I mean, right. The product the, they're selling isn't necessarily gotcha. illegal. It's the tactics they're using to sell the products that were, if not at that time, illegal, immoral. Gotcha. Okay. So, so we find out that they're all, you know, working together uh, to control the chocolate supply and the prices and everything like that. And they're very rich. So Willie shows up and uh, he, he, he is, magical essentially like you never really understand how Willy Wonka in the Gene Wilder version does what he does because you know he has machines and everything but obviously with fizzy lifting drinks and all that there's a very magical element and turning someone you know all these flavors and turning someone into a giant blueberry because they hadn't perfected the blueberry pie thing yet I mean obviously all that is very magical but you never really see him doing magic tricks it's just his products have this you know, you see the right. products doing this thing, but in this version, Willy Wonka is able to, you know, pull a rabbit out of his hat. Right. He's able to pull out machines and all these different things, a teapot, a cup, and pour himself tea out of his hat. And so um, he says he was an aspiring magician. When he grew up, he wanted right. to be a magician. So that's where we kind of get the background of him learning these magic tricks. But you see a lot of it where we never really saw Gene Wilder doing magic. But it's still positioned in such a way where you're like, is he magical or is he just a magician yeah, like those doing are tricks yeah. yeah but i mean i don't know in this movie the stuff he's doing like i mean he's I, making people float like yeah yeah because the, the and again that is the product so i guess that kind of lends itself to the gene wilder version right. but 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 still like he's on the street and he i don't see that like for him to pull out a tea kettle and a teapot and all that like one where would it come from and two like he's not performing Right. It was like he was by himself and it was cold and he's pouring himself a cup it of tea. It was just his way of storing things. Yeah, it was yeah. his way, like Felix the Cat or something. Right. I mean, it was to me, it came off as like Willy Wonka actually, I guess you could explain it away as he's a magician who those are tricks. Yeah, you know? but who's he performing but, for? But right, so yeah. to me, it's, he seems magical and obviously his adventures and everything seem very magical. Anyway, he comes to town and his first thing that he does is that he when he sees the chocolate shop and you get a big dance number with a lot of good choreography. Mm-hmm. I mean, the songs are fun. The choreography is really fun, but, uh, he releases when he gets to this chocolate square, he, he releases, uh, these floating candies that, that fly around and he can also control them very magically. Right. Yeah. I mean, they're spelling out a W for Wonka. Right. Like, man, like, I mean, the hover chalks, there you go. The, yeah. That's it's hover chocolate. And so they, uh, 
did you think it was weird in this movie it seemed like a lot of candies were wrapped and they would just stick them in their mouth i was noticing I, that too. <laughs> it was very disconcerting because no one took wrappers off any candies right but they seemed like candies with foil shiny wrappers. Right. I was like, are they, is that part of the chocolate design? And I guess like, Willy I, Wonka could make edible, but then again, like wrappers are to keep the chocolate clean and together. Right. Like, what's the point of a wrapper if it's all edible? I just couldn't really get a grasp on. Yeah. The only thing I could think is I I just heard this term the other day that I've, I've never heard before in script writing called shoe leather. Okay. And it's like when you take out things because they just slow it down and what's the sure. point like Kramer never knocks on the door he just enters yeah. even though it's New York City and who would leave their door unlocked yeah. but you don't want to take 20 seconds so each time yeah. for a knock on the door and then Jerry goes over and opens the door yeah. and then you know what I mean and sometimes people would hit the buzzer at the unseinfeld hit the yeah. buzzer and he'd buzz them in sure. but normally it was like but they would still just walk in once they got up there it was really more yeah. of like this like they would finish the scene yeah. that they were doing before the new person entered or that portion. Yeah. But um, so like, I, yeah, I don't know if it was just that, that they're like, we just, we can't have people spending the whole movie unwrapping, unwrapping chocolate. I, I like, get it. But it's like, man, if I, I, but yeah, it bothered I, me because <laughs> I just, I, I don't know. To me, if like, if I were to eat a piece of tinfoil, my teeth would shiver. You know what I mean? Like right. I just, I have that really sensitive thing where like metal and stuff like it well, just especially makes, if you have fillings right like, yeah. yeah and so like it, my teeth are doing it right. just so talking now, about it they yeah. are yeah. I can feel the thing that you you know what biting a piece of tinfoil would feel like and my whole mouth is just yeah. shivering. it's so weird but uh, anyway so every time I saw them pop a chocolate and it clearly looked like it had a wrapper right it made me no just, I gave me I had the same thought I was like I'm like because also you can't have somebody unwrap chocolate because it would be melty and gross yeah like you some and m's well yeah but uh he had he didn't invent those yeah well maybe w and w's maybe they just were oh. flipped upside down what's well, one of the recipes that got stolen <laughs> see <laughs> that would be a Mars great stole that would be a great storyline they probably get the suit out of them but <laughs> that would be really funny though to turn have a little circle candy and it says w and w or something you turn it upside down and it's like a throwaway gag and right. or something oh that was something that i used to do but someone else got oh man <laughs> if they ever do that we we gotta get credit this is on file now yes trademark response <laughs> yeah but anyway so he he, he uh, does this really big like he's like a, a circus barker like a carnival barker yeah and he's like, step right up, ladies and gentlemen. And then he does a big musical scene with the hover chocolates. And they're all floating around. And it's basically like a drone show, but with hover chocolates right. flying around. And he says, you know, we, you, you're going to want to take taste world-famous Wonka's chocolate. Or not world-famous yet, but whatever. And so the people are getting all excited and everything. And uh, Slugworth and friends come down. And they're just like, what is going on here? And they, they don't like this disturbance and anyone coming on their territory, obviously. And so they each try one of these chocolates. And then at first, you know, you're thinking, oh, wow, they like them. Both guys like, I can taste, there's so many flavors. I can taste the cherries and I can taste the, you know, everything he's talking about. And then Wonka's like, yes, yes, yes. We, all these are so great. And, and, uh, and then they're like, this is absolutely the worst chocolate I've ever tasted. Chocolate should be simple. And, you know, and so they immediately dismiss it and clearly they did enjoy it, but they have to, you know, protect their product, which right. is very bland, basic chocolate. And so anyway, they, uh, Slugworth had called the police before he came down to taste the chocolate. The other two are Prodnose and Fickle Gruber. Yeah, friends. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's, it's on the record. He said it if you want to know. Yes. Rewind to this point in time. So so the police come, and uh, Keegan Michael Key is the chief of police with an American accent. Now, yeah. I did think this was very odd. Now, it's different when you're 
you know, Sir Ridley Scott and you're directing an epic and no one has accents. Right. I mean, he, they just didn't have him do an accent. But didn't even try. Somehow he became the chief of police, but he's <laughs> clearly American. Right. Okay. I mean, I'm not trying to, like, this movie's delightful, and I swear with a kid's movie, I'm not trying to nitpick, but when everyone else is has accents and stuff in the area, yeah. I mean, and I get, like, someone getting transferred or having a job, but he's the chief of police. That just seems odd. It's pretty high up the ranks. Yeah, it yeah. just seems odd. So, like, an American just came and, and became the chief of, <laughs> chief of police. for Anyway, it's weird, but but he doesn't do the accent thing, but he's on the payroll of the chocolate cartel. And so he comes and busts everything up, and uh, one of the police officers says, you know, we saw him earlier, and he said there's a fine for dreaming, which is just kind of a funny thing when he has so little money and it's all getting taken away. He comes with 12 silver something's in his pocket yeah i can't remember what the denomination was but uh he's got 12 and he ends up with one and then it's his last one he flips it in the air and it falls in the sewer which just kind of shows you like he doesn't have much all he's got is a dream and these chocolate recipes so anyway the guy leaves him with with one one whatever and so we should say that uh the reason why he's trying to go out and make some money is that uh he's staying at this what's it called belt scrubber belcher something yes uh scrub it He's, he, that's scrub the, and belcher yeah or something. um and so it is it, it is like this uh it's like a it's like a boarding house slash laundry laundry man yeah. yeah it's interesting and so on the front it looked like it was just some kind of boarding house and when he gets there um you know they offer him a room and uh there's this really long contract and clearly i mean the audience can tell clearly it's a scam because it unravels into this like hundred page document of small print and one of the kids there ends up saying read the fine print and then you know they shoo her off and uh willie looks it over and then the the belcher guy is about to club willie in the head (laughs) when he's reading it over because he's not going to agree to it or something which i don't really know what the plan would have been then but you know for comedic effect and then he's like everything looks good and you're just like what? Why is he agreeing to this? I know. And the Willy Wonka that we know, we think he has an ace up his sleeve. Right. Like, like to me. Yeah, I thought there was going to. He was going to give them their come up or like something. found a loophole in the fine print. Exactly, or, right. But, but yeah. this, again, this Willy is so pure and innocent. And he even says, um, uh, when he talks to the little girl, he says, you know, I depend on the kindness of strangers. Like, he's so innocent that, you know, and, and, and come to find out what, you know, he he can't read that's the thing is that yeah. he pretended like he was reading over it but he can't read so <clears throat> he signs this thing and then come to find out that like you know these people are running they're, they're kind of like from Les Mis they're kind of like from the couple in Les Mis remember they would charge for yeah. everything Sasha Baron Cohen and uh Helena Bonham Carter in the newer movie if you've seen that they would charge for every single little penny pinching thing and so these characters uh, that's their scam is they get someone in that that needs to stay for the night and then they charge them to warm by the fire they give them drinks that they think are complimentary and they bill them a ton of money for it and so they end up billing them and when they can't pay because these people clearly are down on their luck they you know they're like put into indentured servitude they have right. to pay off their bill it's like scrubbing the dishes but uh they say you owe them ten thousand farthings or whatever whatever. yeah Yeah. (laughs) and uh it's so hard in different countries in different time periods like yeah you can't even just be like whatever pounds because it's like no this is a totally different time period but uh you know so willie ends up owing them ten thousand farthings we'll say and they say you can work them off at one a day 
So it's like yeah, years and years and years. And uh, anyway, so he like uh, he leaves that first day because he thinks he only owes them one. And so he goes to the town. And then luckily that that police officer is nice, and he gives him one. And he comes back with the one, and they go, "Yeah, but you owe us ten thousand." And so yeah, they so gets into another song and and you meet your like main cast of friends here and it's all people that have gotten screwed over by these two you know you've got the accountant and you've got the comedian the quote-unquote comedian and you've got all these different random characters the plumber the plumber (laughs) yeah you got all these characters that uh over time have been down on their luck they're all there serving their time and trying to pay off their bill so yeah, he befriends them, and you know you get that scrub scrub is the the song when he's kind of introduced to the way that they do things there, and the whole thing is about Willie needs to obviously pursue his dream, but how does he get out of this terrible situation that he's in? Which I thought was interesting because I I guess I didn't really watch any trailers as usual, but I didn't see much about what the movie was about. Right. So when he got stuck into this like indentured servitude part i was surprised i was like oh that's what this movie's about okay like i didn't know that was gonna be a plot point i figured he would just be struggling but then i guess how do you make a whole movie about just building the chocolate store you know because you think like yeah, he's gonna get to, it in the beginning and then, you need to have some sort of obstacle right, right right so that becomes the main thing is he has to figure out how to sneak out and, and get out to then pursue his dreams and make the chocolate and so the whole thing is is a big adventure and they come out with some the clever ideas like willie's like you know you'll sneak me out in the laundry and they're like how are you gonna do that and i thought this part was pretty funny with the whole bavarian dignitary or whatever yeah, thing. tricking them to fall in love yeah, and yeah. it's pretty funny and uh you know and his outfit that he wears you know they trick him into thinking that he's descended from royalty and he ends up wearing like these short short shirts like later hosen or something yeah. you know he looks like a uh when chevy chase got in a fight in Oktoberfest, yeah exactly european vacation exactly yeah. he's wearing the Oktoberfest, the traditional like you know that kind the of suspenders outfit. and the yeah, shorts and, and, and yeah yeah and so it's very funny and they're distracted and so he's able to sneak out and you know there's just one obstacle after another not only do you have the chocolate cartel trying to shut him down at every stop but it's like he's trying to figure out his recipe and and one thing that's got willie down is that his mother who has since passed when they first made their bar of chocolate together and she taught him how to make chocolate he says he saved up and his mother bought brought one chocolate bean home a day and then they finally had enough and she says like when you share your chocolate with the world i will appear and she never told him what the the secret recipe was the last ingredient for chocolate before she died and he thought well when i share he took it literally i shared my chocolates the hover chocolates with this world and uh she didn't appear and she and so i can't make the chocolate i still don't know what that final piece of the recipe is so he's kind of down on his luck there's like one thing after another the Oompa Loompa comes in eventually, which I was surprised how little Hugh Grant was in this movie. Right. Like two scenes. <laughs> yeah. So you they know. use him in the trailer a lot. And he's in the marketing all over yeah. on Facebook and Twitter. When you see the ads, it's him doing his little Loompa dance. Right. And it's like, man, he doesn't come into at least like halfway through. They talk about him a little. but Right. They, you know. Yeah. They allude to him. But yeah. yeah like. Yeah. Willie falls asleep and then he doesn't have his chocolates and he's like, I made them. And he's like, but this little orange man keeps stealing them, which sounds crazy. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and us as the audience know that Oompa Loompas exist and are real, but like to the outside world, that sounds insane. What's the little girl's name in this? Noodle. Noodle. Okay. Because she's found with a, uh, like a ring around a necklace and it, it looks has like the letter N it on has it. the letter N on yeah. it. And so she's like, I don't know. I was, she was found as a baby and it could stand for whatever but they ended up calling her the 
scrub it ends up finding her and basically like uses that as her ticket to you know i've got indentured servitude and so noodles just like you're crazy what you did is you fell asleep and you, you ate the chocolate and you ate like- them all and that's it and then I, and again i do love this part i do love the way that timothy chalamet plays the innocence of the character because he goes oh that's a much better explanation right. he like he knows that this orange man has been chasing him because he's experienced it but now when he thinks about it he's like Oh, that is a much better yeah, explanation. Like, oh, that makes a lot more sense. Yeah, though. Even though he's experienced it, and it's like, oh, maybe I've been dreaming. Like he he takes people like at, at face, face value. value. Yeah. He he really does and, and his innocence, I, I think he's really good at that, portraying yeah. that. And so anyway, so they don't believe him. But you know, eventually we're introduced to one night when he has a jar of chocolate that uh is sitting by the door, it's been made to sell the next day. You see this character sneaking through the window and eventually you see it's the Hugh Grant Oopa Loopa. Um and uh he he ends up having a little fight with him. Or Willie set up a trap for him so that he would get stuck into a jar. And this is some of the, I'm guessing is in the trailer. I saw this imagery somewhere where Hugh Grant is in a jar and uh, he ends up catching him. And Hugh Grant explains that in Loompa land, he was set to guard the cocoa beans and they're very small. That's the thing. They're not like in the Gene Wilder version where it's little people playing them and they're that right. size. They are like um like fairies almost. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like I don't know. They're a mythical creature. They're tiny. Yeah. Um, he says they're eight inches tall, but like that's clearly not true because yeah. when you see them walking side by side, he comes up to, to like right above Timothy Chalamet's knee. Yeah, I mean, so I, I'm like, well, that's not. They're definitely inches. taller than eight inches, but yeah. but they're small though. That's the thing is that it, you know, so it's different. They've. I don't think we've ever seen this twist on the Oompa Loompa, yeah. having, which I think is helpful because. I thought in 2023, right. how do you do Oom and how do you cast Hugh Grant? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, is how is that not problematic? But I think they were very smart to make them so small that it's not a little person. Right. They are a... Yeah, I mean, a, it really, what it comes down to is the original book, it was racially insensitive. And so the the original then the original film was like, oh, well, let's take it and make it not about race and we'll make them these weird colors and then now it's not about yeah. that but then they cast little people and it's like they're making fun of little people yeah. and then and then Burton gets around that by have casting one actor and just duping him over yeah. and over again masterfully I might add yeah it's really and, well done and then this time it's like they've just become more of 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 just a flat out magical creature. Yeah, I, I, to me, like I mean, I know they're not fairies; they don't fly. But like when I think of the creature, a fairy right. is a humanoid type creature, but with wings. Right. And I think an Oompa Loompa is a humanoid type creature, but they're small. Right. And they're not like what's another word? What what is a, not a gnome? But there's other creatures that are not you know that are very tiny, and I can't really think like dwarfs. In Gulliver's Travels, what are those little things they, that tie the, them up? The Lily Pudlians. Okay, so but they're they're yeah. very but they're tiny humanoid creatures, right? Yeah. Like they're not, yeah. you know. So it's it's along those lines where I think was a smart idea because you're never going to make everyone happy, but there are certain things that people cling on to nowadays that right. get offended by, and I think it was smart where it's like, oh yeah, well anyone can play that because that doesn't exist. Yeah, the Oompa Loompas, and are- I think back when they made the original Gene Wilder version, it was like special effects were a lot more expensive and harder to pull off. Oh, yeah. So it was a lot easier to be like, cast a bunch of little people, right? right? Like and, Darby O'Gill and the little people was probably the only one that used a lot of forced perspective and really like 
changed the way that that was presented but that was a rare for the time you right. couldn't do that and yeah so, like normally yeah they would just go out and hire i mean you know yeah. and you would see it all the time wizard of oz yeah you know it's what they did which there's some horror stories on that side for sure but, uh, <laughs> so we meet the oompa loompa and we find out that charlie came and on one of his journeys charlie stole those cocoa beans and to them, I mean, they're so small that these cocoa beans are huge and they grow very slowly. And so he was guarding these three cocoa beans that to someone like, maybe I said Charlie, Willie stole these cocoa beans. And to someone like Willie, like they're tiny little, he took three tiny cocoa beans. Like, there's, right. you know, out in nature. He wasn't thinking anything of it. I think it's also maybe a comment on, you know, British colonialism and imperialism yeah. you know because you know i i think that there's a lot of that baked into the original story just the exotica nation of yeah. these other cultures right yeah i mean that's what oompa loompas really were originally yeah. right they were they're fictional but it's still supposed to be like the deep dark heart of africa right right and i think that's kind of like you know, yeah, British people went out and took a bunch of stuff and didn't even think about how it was affecting the people they took it from. For sure. You know? And so he finds out that because with Oompa Loompas and debts, apparently they have to pay their debts back a thousand times. And so... Charlie, I keep saying Charlie because it's just weird to have a movie falling Willie. You know what yeah. I mean? I, just, I gotta just say Wonka because it's so weird to say that. So Wonka stole these three beans, and so essentially, I don't know if he has to bring back three thousand chocolates, whatever. But it's his debt is a thousand times is what he has to get back. So they sent him off, and it's very interesting how he's dressed like a like a yachtsman. He's in right. like like he's very sophisticated and fancy, and I think maybe that is a reaction to making them like tribal it's like right. well, on this one they're very well off they have motorboats and he wears a yachting a scarf and a hat right. and they're yeah. they're not just this primitive primitive right tribe, they're yeah. very advanced for it so anyway so he gets all his fancy gear and he's shuffled off in his in his boat and he heads out to the uk to find wonka and and so he has been stealing back his chocolates to repay that debt so Meanwhile, you got him kind of in the periphery, you know, taking chocolates and, and dealing with stuff. Um, and so the chocolate cartel realizes Wonka's a threat. And and so Wonka has been escaping out to try to sell chocolates and do all this. Meanwhile, they're with Key, the chief of police, and they're like, you know, you have to send him a message. And one of the guys is like, yeah, kill him. <laughs> so that's kind of a funny There was a funny running yeah. gag. The one guy is always like, let's kill him. And yeah. they're like, well. Yeah, <laughs> that's implied. You don't have to say that part. So, uh, so – they basically are trying to foil him at every stop and Wonka finds ways to outsmart them. But they eventually, they keep giving the chief of police, they're bribing him with chocolate. And so they first give him like a tray of whatever and then offer him a hundred boxes of chocolates and a thousand boxes of chocolate. You know, it, it goes to some astronomical amount, but he is getting bigger and bigger and bigger yeah. and bigger because he's just eating all the chocolate. Yeah. They give him more and he eats that amount and more and more. And so that becomes kind of a running gag throughout the movie. Um, but anyway, he's, he's trying to foil them and you know, push comes to shove. I mean, a lot of little cute musical numbers and stuff happens in between, but yeah. the, 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 basically the thing is that he's trying to o- open up this chocolate store. We come to find out that noodle, there's actually kind of a, I don't know if you'd say conspiracy. There's there's a strange twist, plot twist that happens where um, you get the fact like there's something going on with Slugworth, and when he tries to stop Wonka in the end, he calls Scrubbit. Or no, he basically offers Wonka. He says, "If you leave right now, if you leave us alone, we will pay off Scrubbit. We will get all your friends out of there." 
and will not only pay off Noodle's debt, but will set her up for life. And so she owes 30000 supposedly. She owes the most of any of them. Right. And he says, we're going to also set her up with a place to live and money and everything. And so Wonka has failed because the cartel is in cahoots with the police and they're shutting they, like, down. They burn down the yeah, factory they, that he builds. Yeah, they end up, because Wonka sails, they're sneaking out and they're making so much money. Actually, not a factory store. Store, right. Yeah. So, yeah, we should definitely say that because they made so much money, they were able to afford the shop that he visits in the beginning and you know needed to find a way to pay rent for. Uh, and they said, I think we have enough for one week, but obviously if sales go really well, they can keep renting it and all that so they have their big grand opening and uh and slugworth ends up calling scrub and saying hey they've been sneaking out and trying to you know and getting away and and uh what here's what you can do to help me and you know we'll take care of this for good and so scrub it and belcher end up poison like poisoning quote unquote the chocolate supply so during their big grand opening it looks very much like the chocolate river which is just a fountain but it's like the simple version of all the things you know right so there's like all this magical stuff and they're eating the little flowers and the mushrooms and everything and it's very much you're like oh i know that's okay that's going to become the factory and uh, they're eating all this stuff and everything sounds great. And this guy comes up and he's paying a hundred whatever, uh, you know, or he has like 90 something whatever's that it cost. And they're like, how would you like your change? Edible or spendable? And he's like edible because everyone's so enamored by how delicious the chocolate is. But what they ended up poisoning it with is stuff from like, I don't know, Yetis, whatever. It's like, again, it's very magical and mystical, but it's like it turns your hair color and you right. grow, grow hair really fast. All the women have are growing beards and the men have colored hair that's really long and just ridiculous. And they're all like, I want my money back. And they start a straight up riot. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they go nuts. They burn the place to the ground. It's very stressful, very chaotic and crazy. His dream seems dead because the whole place is burned to the ground and they were making money and everyone was happy and clearly something was you know amiss here willie's very careful about his ingredients and everything so slugworth planted this all and it was a way to get rid of willie and he says hey here's what we'll do if you leave and never make chocolate again i'll set up all your friends and that's when he says we're going to pay them all off Uh, but he does say not only does he have to stop making chocolate you have to be like banished to alaska or something or the yeah, north he's pole going, no he's going to alaska oh, it's alaska. Was, okay yeah. okay so it's, it's really interesting and uh but he's like okay he realizes he's like these are my friends and i care about them and i've failed and so he's really beaten up about it and he's like okay i'll do it and so he's on the this boat you know they get him there's something suspicious going on with the captain winking at them or whatever so you know they're setting him up i mean these this cartel is dangerous they're not right. only like they're not only greedy but Obviously, they're not opposed to sending messages of death, you know, death right. threats, basically. And so not only are they getting rid of Willie, but we find out later on that they've lined the boat with dynamite and they're going to murder him. <laughs> so he's on deck and it's he gets this like first class economy or something seat or whatever which is you know out on the deck of this boat it's just a terrible thing they set him up with and uh the oompa loompa comes along and he's like yeah i I hitched the same ride and you know he's sitting there and i did think it was funny that callback of the hmm (laughs) okay i have to say hugh grant does seem like kind of a miserable bastard when you when you <laughs> when you hear him in interviews and stuff. Yeah. Like I think he's a self proclaimed miserable bastard. Right. He just he's so grumpy and just so you know whatever. 
perfect for this role. He yeah. is perfect. And the way that you can just, because I think he really is irritated to be there. So it comes across in all yeah. his lines where he's just, you know, inconvenienced by it all. And so the Oompa Loompa, he's like, he has this like motorized chair that reclines and stuff. And it's a callback. Oh, the, the double, huh? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, earlier Noodle says this to Willie. She says, hmm. And Willie goes, what? And then nothing. And then she says, hmm. Again, a double, huh? That, you know, so it's kind of a callback where Willie does it. And then Hugh Grant, every time, though, I do love these, like, slow. This maybe is more like British humor. I love the, just the slow where you have to watch him recline. Right. Stand up in the chair, get his <laughs> mask he, off. And then he says, what? huh? And he's like, okay. And he puts the chair back and, down. And you watch the whole thing happen, though. Yeah. And then it comes What? Back. Nothing. Okay. And he d- does it all again. Yeah. yeah. And then he's like, no, you said hunt twice. What is the, you know, whatever. Um, so that was a funny little bit. But they eventually realize he's like, this is not the way to give up on your dream. You need to pursue it. And so they go to the captain to say, turn around. And then it's all lined with dynamite. And I like this because Hugh Grant's like, see ya. This is my <laughs> stop. Like, he's very funny. This, in this is role. a you problem. Yeah. And he jumps off the boat. And then Willie ends up jumping off. <laughs> And then I tell you, I think I laughed out loud. It was pretty funny when, when Willie shows back up to Noodle, Noodles has now, they've let everybody go except for Noodles. Right. Even though she got the most money and everything, but she's like, but uh, Scrub, it's like, you've, Slugworth paid me more to keep you here indefinitely. And and so anyway, she's punished and she's put in the – it reminded me of the Chokey. I think it's all very rolled Dahlian. You know what I mean? Because yeah. in Matilda, it's the Chokey. And here I've never seen Matilda. Oh, you've never seen no. Mat- even the musical? No. The play? Oh, yeah. it's – all of it's really good. Uh, there's, a, there's a musical on Netflix that's an adaptation of the stage play. And the stage play is an adaptation of – you know the movie which was an adaptation of the gotcha. book you know what i mean there's lots yeah. of versions but the i mean the it's a cute what's what's the girl's name in the movie i totally matilda played. yeah oh thank you so yeah, much that's what i'm here uh, for but matilda was a really good kids movie and uh the the netflix version that's a musical is really good too so oh, you okay. should check them out but there's a thing called the chokey that uh the trench bowl the mean uh headmistress of the school puts the kids in yeah and so i think that's why they created the i don't know what they call it but they throw her in a uh, isolation thing and gotcha it's, a, it's an a, yeah watching scrub it i kept thinking of mrs hannigan from annie oh, okay sure yeah. sure so she goes there and then willie pops up and you know in a very fantastical way he's got all these ladders strung together and he's climbed up and he's poking in and she's like i thought you were gone and he's like no we're here to set things straight and this line i left out loud. i thought it was so funny he's like i had a i had a brisk four mile swim to get my head straight yeah. <laughs> and I, it was such a throwaway line yeah but the fact that i mean because when you see them on the boat leaving for alaska it's freezing out you can see right. their breath it's chilly you know that they're cold and so jumping into water you know that water's freezing right and he just totally throws away because yeah because she's like why are you back i thought you left and he just has this throwaway line of i had a very brisk four mile and i think he swam four miles in it it's also nice to have it acknowledged yeah right that's what i mean though it's thrown away line and it's funny but you know we would be asking ourselves how did he get back yeah so anyway i love love loved that line and it was just so funny uh but they get back together and their whole now it's a heist and so the the crew of friends that we mentioned earlier that were released and the now broken out of jail noodle come together and they put together a heist so now a bunch of things we didn't mention come together mr bean is the head of a the front for the chocolate cartels operation so he's at this big church and uh rowan atkinson is like in the 
confessional and they bribe him with chocolates and he eats them and then they go down the elevator and that's where all the chocolate's stored. So we end up going back there and uh, there's... And people really value chocolate in this world. No kidding, <laughs> right? That's, that is kind of the... That is, I think that was a funny way to set up this world. That's how the um, cartel runs things is right. because they bribe them with their chocolate and they're so greedy and they want money. But yeah, they're able to buy everyone off with chocolate, right. which is a funny, whimsical, that's right. part of the whole thing. Um, but earlier, it, it was kind of strange. I had never heard this in the Wonka lore, but he's like, I need giraffe's milk to make my chocolate. Now, I mean, that does sound like a weird thing Willy Wonka would right. say, but I had never heard that part of it, so I thought that was interesting. But they had to break into the zoo, and that is actually another one of my favorite jokes is all the callbacks with the security guard yeah. and the security for the the chocolate cartel right and how you think it's just so random and like she you know i need to talk to her from that whatever third grade or whatever <laughs> and then to find out that they are the two that i don't know that was really funny um but anyway so there's a giraffe they have to break into the zoo and there's a really fun uh, whimsical sequence with him with noodle and floating around with balloons around the zoo and all this stuff um so they get the giraffe they set it loose on the church now this church there's like Someone the CGI is, on this giraffe was really good. Phenomenal, right? Because it's like, I, I can't imagine they're using a real giraffe in today's world. No. And, and, and the things that, the way it's interacting, yeah, like they just. But it looked really I, real. I thought the same thing. I One of the points I wanted to bring up, I'm glad you mentioned it, was that CG has gotten really good. And I know that part of it is because we've gotten used to it. Like when CG first started getting really heavily used, we were like, man, that's so clearly fake. But I think, one, it's gotten really good. Two, we're used to, like, they're just not going to use animals in movies anymore i mean maybe a dog and maybe a little bit but like they'll use domesticated animals but, but anything wild yeah. i think now they but even they dogs most of them are cg but they look really i think good, it depends on know? how much they want the dog to do sure of course. you know what I mean? yeah i mean if it's just sitting yeah curled up by the fire or whatever, but if they're you know? gonna if it's gonna be like an actual character action sequences and it's interact, easier yeah. to just cgi it. for sure it's yeah. easier and it's safer so i think we've gotten used to it and when i saw that giraffe i mean it looks so real and there's and, a lot of like up like close-ups yeah. of the giraffe face well so now this is what i'm thinking i don't know who did the special effects for this it might be ilm they do so much stuff yeah but um they used a cg well there was a real one for sure but they also used a cg in the last of us the tv show and part of me wonders if you get a really well-rendered giraffe if they repurpose right, because like, it takes a long time why, to make a why do it again right yeah. and it's a giraffe it's not like you're making a cg of this same person or whatever right. we're clearly like well that's just copy pasted like disney with the jungle book and robin hood they right. use the animation yeah so part of me thought this looks really real and then i'm like well there were some shots in the last of us that even though they did use a real giraffe for part of it you know some of it was cg and that looked really good and i thought you know they probably just take that giraffe model yeah. they've already got it and uh I also noticed that a lot of that stuff is at night because at first I'm like, man, they're going to the zoo at night, which makes sense. It's closed, but it's so dark. Right. And I think that always helps where it looks really good, but also the room is so dark. Right. Um, But no, it looked great. And even running around the church and everything, it looked real. But there's a church service and it's for some high up person and it's a, a big deal. But this giraffe is running around and so it's causing trouble. But basically our characters have to break in and their idea is to 
the accountant that's stuck at Scrubbit says that the reason why he's there is Slugworth imprisoned him because he saw the real books. They have a real set of, they had a, a front set of books and then cooked books. Right. And the books show every single bribe and everything they've ever done. Apparently they want to keep track of all their, their crimes. So they keep this book. And so he knew too much and he got sent to Scrubbit's for that. And um, they want to go find this book so that they can, you know, clear their good names and get, all these people arrested because like the chief of police and everyone's in cahoots. So they want to break in. And while they're there, um, Willie and noodle actually end up getting like trapped in a, almost like in a Wonka esque death trap. Yeah. Where, it was where, very reminiscent of chocolate. Factory. Yeah, yeah. Because they're like, you know, they're in and they're breaking into this chocolate, uh, like the safe in this vault and it's all the extra chocolate. Cause this is where the cartel is keeping, you know, they're controlling the supply. So they've got all this extra chocolate just being stirred constantly in here. And, uh, they end up trapping them in there, locking them in and flooding like all the chocolatier guys are like, Slugworth, Slugworth is like, he's talking to them and he's like, how much chocolate do you have? And they add it up and they're like, I think we have enough to take care of them. So they dump all their extra chocolate that's not already being protected in the safe. They just dump it all in there. And so the, the chocolate is rising and they're essentially going to murder these two drown. people in, yeah. in the chocolate. And uh, they, they... Death by chocolate. Yeah. And, and it's kind of like reminiscent of the fizzy lifting. I feel mm-hmm. like it was, yeah. you know, visually a very similar them rising to the top like this and... and going to their death and uh they're gonna squish them in there and i mean it looked very i mean clearly they're not they're in a more shallow area but i mean they were covered in chocolate in yeah. a way to where uh it looked like they built some kind of a swim tank yeah and, and you know the chocolate looked like chocolate and not a river of poop which was nice yeah. <laughs> they perfected the <laughs> that's whole a, that's a very subtle distinction <laughs> it, yeah it is and it looks like it's chocolate that's why it's so important to get the 4k versions of these movies exactly yeah. uh what i really liked is when you know they were you know, having to hold their breath and like the chocolate was so high that it would get on their faces and it looked like chocolate. Well, like- it's funny. I, this is nitpicky. Yeah. I noticed on his chin, there was a layer of chocolate stuck on her chin. There wasn't. So like his was clearly makeup that okay. they had applied. And like when her bottom of her face, like Bob below yeah. like she didn't come up with chocolate stuck to her face oh like he that's did. interesting yeah. I didn't catch that okay yeah because I was just like I was fascinated with like how much they made it look like look chocolate like, right. so, okay. so I then I started I was like oh wow it's actually sticking to his face and then I realized when she dipped down it didn't stick to okay. her face so clearly yeah. it was just makeup designed to got it okay. yeah because I was I was fascinated by how real it looked yeah I'm you know, drowning. And then once I knew that, I could totally see this is just brown water. Like, like, <laughs> the, like once I realized what they were doing, I'm like sticking right. to their eyes. See, yeah, okay. that's interesting. Yeah, but for the most part, they do a good job. All for sure. For like, I mean, it was like one moment of bad editing that I that yeah. made me catch it, and only because I suddenly found myself fascinated with like, yeah. how are they doing this? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So anyway, they end up getting saved because the Hugh Grant Oompa Loompa, the only Oompa Loompa I think we see other than that one flashback. But yeah, you know, when we say what do they call him? He says that he's of higher stature. They call him. They call him lofty. Lofty, but really they call him shorty. He's one of the shorter Oompa right. Loompas, but he makes it seem like he's a big deal. But anyway, so I guess we should say lofty is his name. He comes and saves the day, and only because Willie still owes him one jar of chocolates. You know, so he's collected whatever two thousand nine hundred ninety nine, and he gets what he's owed. And if, you know, he's got to go get it from him, or else he'll never get paid back and can't ever come back to Loompa Land. And so he ends up going back for, you know 
to get his chocolate, basically. And so he pulls a lever. It's an emergency release. All the chocolate leaves into like the underground chocolate sewer system, I guess, that yeah. feeds into this fountain. Uh, well, get you want to make sure you're in the chocolate, the chocolate sewer system, system. I know, right? And not the regular sewer system because they're going to look very similar. <laughs> exactly. My guess is they smell a lot different. <laughs> when you're snacking out of the fountain with the cups and stuff, yes. yes it's a very important distinction. That ain't fondue. No. That's a fondant. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So so anyway, uh, all the chocolate cartel is like, yeah, we really took care of them. But but all of our friends end up rerouting all the chocolate that's drained out into the public square, into the chocolate fountain, and it's just going everywhere. And so now they've all used all their chocolate up to take Willie out, you know, and obviously a very stupid, maniacal thing because it's like, well, now what are you going to sell? They've used basically all their chocolate. Right. Uh, now, well, I guess they figured they could go get it again. It's just going to taste a little bit like human yeah. <laughs> remains. But um, but anyway, they've just funneled it all out into the open. So now they're taken out. Also, now they have the book. And so they give that to one of the police guys. And, you know, the chief that can hardly now get out of the car, he pulls up and and key is so huge that he can't even get out. Uh, but he's like, let me just see that book. And then uh, the, the the other head guy that we've seen a lot looks through and he goes, I can't do that. You're in this book. And so anyway, all, you know, the bad guys are put in jail. The chief of police is, is put in jail. Um, and everyone's celebrating with all the chocolate. And Willie's still kind of looking there. And he's like, I mean, this is great and all, but I still haven't seen this sign or whatever. Um, but he unwraps the bar of chocolate he's been carrying around. I'm glad that it hasn't melted. You know? I know, I mean, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, doesn't chocolate go bad? Like, this <laughs> well, chocolate would have to be, like, 15 years old. Well, if uh, my the bar of chocolate my grandma uses to garnish the pies at Christmas have anything to say about it, it does not go bad. <laughs> Um, I think there's been many logo changes on the Hershey bar since then. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so he opens up this bar of chocolate, and it ends up having a golden ticket in yeah, it. Yeah, that know? was a little on the nose. That was the that was really, I mean, everything has been pretty subtle. I mean, there's a lot of good little musical cues hidden throughout the movie. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been pretty subtle, but I didn't think it was that bad. At that point, I felt like it had earned it. Yeah. Um, but his mom had left a note, but it was on what looked like a golden ticket. And it said that, you know. The, it's the friends it's the, the secret ingredient the, is not the chocolate it's it was who, who you, you share, share it with. with yes and so he breaks apart the bar of course is in six beautiful squares and yeah he and his five friends each get one of the squares and they eat it and he realizes that it's the people and so he now you know opens up his factory with all the friends involved and you know and all the friends he's made along the way and uh this is where we get the pure imagination part so Noodles is an orphan, and I, we kind of glossed over it, but there was something with Slugworth. Come to find out, Slugworth's, I guess, older brother had a kid, and it was Noodles, and he died, and Slugworth ended up bringing – the the mom gave the baby to Slugworth and said, please get her medical attention, and then he takes her, ends up dropping her off at Scrub It, comes back to the mom and said she died, so no one knows – She would be an heir to the fortune, exactly. the family fortune. So he so. had to take out – the noodles for everything because yeah the brother and it would be passed down to noodles so that's why he got the family fortune she's really uh the the n that they thought was on the ring was actually a z for zabbit or something it's yeah name you don't hear often but zabbit slugworth or whatever and so it was actually a z uh it's her family and so uh they end up finding her name to zoodle yeah, right? That's perfect. <laughs> I really thought they were going to do that. That's pretty funny. That's, that would be a Willy Wonka thing for right? sure. Right? Yeah. 
Um, but anyway, Willy Wonka ends up, uh, I don't know, the mom's name is something Smith, and he calls, he ends up finding... Dorothy the, Smith. I don't know why I remember that. Okay. Um, yeah. Maybe because Dorothy, you know, at least the Wizard of Oz. Yeah. Um, well, one of their friends is a phone operator. And yeah. so she was on, I guess that's why she got thrown into servitude because she must have overheard something that slugworth said at some point whatever but she's got this these skills and so she was able to get on the line she called all the different dorothy smiths and found the one she's a librarian so willie you know timothy chalamet does his version of pure imagination which is kind of a kind of a sleepy cover it's like a slowed down version um and they do this thing where it's like blueprints like at this point on it's kind of cool visually how everything has these drawn on blueprints around everything so Noodles is reunited with her mother. Uh, Willie finds a fact his spot for the factory. It's an old castle that's for sale, and you start seeing it become the factory kind of that we know from the original movie. Right. And uh, yeah, and then that's where it ends. Yeah. Oh, and the the bad guys. I guess in the post credits, the. Uh, Scrub it and Belcher get their comeuppance because um, in the book they found out that they had paid them off and uh and so they drink all the potion whatever you call the ingredients yeah try to hide the to hide evidence it, yeah and of course become different colors and their hair is all grown out and they're like we didn't do nothing and they put them in jail and yeah, yeah. so i i really enjoyed this movie it was fun I, I did not expect to enjoy this movie as much as i did and i thought it was a lot of fun yeah we we should say that uh olivia coleman uh is the is scrubbits i don't know who that actor was that played belcher i thought he was funny but i didn't recognize him um but olivia coleman and then uh sally hawkins uh from the shape of water you know the oh. famous are one of our famous episodes. one of our favorite movie yes uh played willie's mother in the flashbacks gotcha. so there's a lot of people and that's a paul king thing you know so the director of paddington paul king directed this yeah he actually passed on paddington 3 to make this movie which is kind of odd because those yeah. paddington movies are so beloved right but as an artist i can I get, see like i've done two like, of them now i'm good yeah i'll yeah. make a wonka movie which is gonna be a huge deal so yeah. um that's why he didn't you also make, don't want to get the rep as only being able to make paddington, paddington movies guy? Yeah, yeah exactly I, I get that so, so uh i believe they're in paddington so yeah. those actors that gotcha. I mentioned are in that and so it's cool to see rowan atkinson that guy pretty much looks the exact same <laughs> i know right yeah i mean he looks like mr bean he's doing yeah. his thing so yeah you get a lot of british they're british actors which makes so, sense yeah yeah so but uh but anyway i i thought this was a lot of fun it's fun i mean yeah. it's a it's a family movie this is a perfect movie for the holidays to take your family to yeah there's a lot in it for everyone it's fun whimsical very you know, there's not a lot of like scary stuff like the first one. Right. No, like there's creep out some kids. I mean, menace. it's dark, there's real right? menace. Yeah. And uh, this is a movie where you don't really have to worry about that. It's yeah. pretty safe and and uh, yeah, not that challenging. You Most know? of the menace comes from the villains, not the people you're supposed to like. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, so that's fun. Yeah. So anyway, I guess uh, I guess that's it for this one. Let's go around the table and we can say where to find ourselves. Sure. This is Kevin. Follow me on Twitter at Kevin R. Brackett and subscribe to Circle of Wizards to hear me and Matt F. Bosler, friend of the show, chat about video games. And this is Tom. You can find me on Twitter at Roger Kubert or on Facebook at facebook.com slash Tom O'Keefe. You can find the show online at facebook.com slash real spoilers. While you're there, like the page, join the group. And of course, don't forget our Patreon at patreon.com slash real spoilers. So that's it for this one. Thanks for tuning in. And until next time, Renaud destroys the Easter window display. Get ready for a spoiler. Won't say it twice because we already warned you. Better watch out, it's gonna ruin the plot. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.